You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You know what I've noticed? Uh, remember Riley? Used Who? to work here, Riley. Riley ate all the burgers. Oh, fast food wizard guy. Yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that confirmed? Oh yeah, good source. Loves fast food. <laughs> um, you guys, he had like uh, menu ratings, best sprite in the league over here. Yeah, yeah. He had it down to a science. Best what is if he's going to this fast food place? Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what he's getting he's down to. What stay away from the Dr Pepper here? Yeah, you do can't, not do it here. Yeah, you do the Sprite here, but not there. Yeah. It's too watered down. <laughs> uh, so those conversations have really gone down since he's left. Yeah. So too has been our our talks about slow pitch because he loved playing slow pitch. Yeah, he, he likes some, he likes some old man softball. He sure did. Looky here. In our, uh, in our liner notes, kind of a tease. Something's coming. Mark your calendars. August oh. 13th, the first annual, which would be the inaugural, mm. Sportsnet 960 Slow Pitch Tournament. I mean, we have had a slow pitch game, a celebrity yeah, game Yeah, but before, not attorney. But not attorney. So be ready. Be ready. Coming up in mid-August. That's I've heard some awesome. of the details, and, uh, well. Yeah. Sure. If a few hurdles can get cleared, this could be a... Fiesta mejor. There you go. Let's uh, let's go to the uh, to the phone lines. Joining us from the Raleigh News and Observer, longtime beat writer covering the Hurricanes in Carolina, it's Chip Alexander. Chip, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Hope you are. We are doing okay. We're no, it's uh, rainy and cold here, Chip. This is nonsense. We need you to send us some weather. <laughs> yeah, and it feels I'm like sorry. yeah. Thanks. And I was going to say probably it feels the same for you. Uh, the flames went out in round number two. It feels like eons ago. Uh, what have you been doing with your time since uh, the Hurricanes bowed out? Well, that's a good question. I, I think a lot of people expected, uh, certainly Hurricanes fans, expected them to get through the second round against the Rangers. I think uh, many assumed they would win game seven at home. It didn't happen. And certainly like everybody else who been sitting back, Watching the uh, the playoffs, been some interesting things that happened. In fact, in the game the other night uh, with a very strange ending, but uh, trying to keep up with what may and may not happen with the Hurricanes, and that's still a big guessing game. We're watching Car- or Colorado right now, and they're on the cusp of getting it done, and the thing that kind of dogged them for a bit was the inability to get out of round two, not living up to expectations. Mm-hmm. And if they can break through, then we need to find a few more teams. I wonder if, if Carolina's in that. No, it's not identical, but... A very good team. You look at them this year, what, second, third best record in the National Hockey League, best home record, their goals against, number one in the league. Granted, lose lose their number one goaltender, but out mm-hmm. in round two, the, the frustration can set in in a hurry. It's unfair sometimes, but I, I what, what's the temperature there with another another exit maybe earlier than you would have thought for the Canes? Yeah, it was certainly frustrating. It was frustrating for everybody in the organization. It, starting with Don Waddell, the general manager and president, he he said before the season, and Rod Brendamore, the coach, said the same thing, that, you know, the expectations of the franchise have been raised. It's no longer 
just to get in the playoffs, you know, for a long time, nine years, Carolina wasn't in the playoffs. They've been in the playoffs the last four years. Uh, they've been a cap team. They spent to the cap under the owner, Tom Dunnan. And certainly with that kind of a commitment to the team, they're expecting better things. And uh, I think they really expected to at least get to the conference finals this year and have a shot at Tampa Bay. They knew all season long that it would probably come down to getting through Tampa Bay if they wanted to get where they wanted to go. But you're right, to lose out in the second round, they have the home ice advantage. You know, they just had a regular season where they set franchise records uh, in both wins and points, stopping the uh, 2016 that won the Cup. So all of that added up to a, to a huge amount of frustration. And they had to do the whole postseason without the number one netminder. I, talk to me about the absence of Freddie Anderson and sneakily, maybe for us out here in the West, uh, like a Vesna caliber season in net. Well, he was, and certainly he got off to a great start, you know, uh, from the beginning of the season. Uh, uh, and certainly the team did as well, winning nine or 10 games to start the year. Freddie was in uh, as a big part of that. And certainly, the, you know, when they when they picked him up and, and they signed him and they signed Auntie Ranta, both two veterans, and the uh, I don't know if it was a fear or certainly a concern, all through the season, can you get these two guys to the finish line both of them had injury problems in the past, and and both of them were playing well in the season. So I think the obviously the hope in the franchise was you could get to the finish line, get to the playoffs with two healthy goaltenders, and it just didn't happen with Freddie. You know, April April sixteenth, ironically in the game at Colorado, uh, he goes out with what later was found out to be an MCL tear, and that ended his season. There was a lot of mystery about whether. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mystery around it. Yeah, there, there is signal. We got you there, Chip. Uh, the signal kind of dropped out. I bet he probably is. There he is. Okay. Sorry, I'm Chip. sorry. With Anderson, they really believed they could contend for the Cup. And certainly, uh, I don't know if you heard that part, but I said, ironically, they lost him in an April 16th game at Colorado mm-hmm. against the Avalanche. And it was later determined that it was an MCL tear. Right. Uh, which, you know, is a very serious thing for a goaltender, obviously. I'm not sure he would have returned in the playoffs, although there was a chance. But certainly a lot hinged on him in terms of their cup hopes through the season and uh, with Dante Ranta as a very good backup. But his injury late in the season pretty much ended, in a way, their chances of really getting all the way to the finish line and winning the cup. Teams are always kind of left scratching their head, it seems, What when things don't go their way in the postseason. For Carolina, I would think at the top of that list has to be the ability to win on the road. They couldn't do it through two rounds. Yet in the regular season, no one won more games than they did. Washington, Calgary, Carolina, all 25 road victories. Any rationale as to why playing away from home almost ended up being the, you know, the Achilles heel? No rationale that I could see, to be honest with you. It was very strange. Uh, they were a good road team in the regular season. They seemed to be able, you know, even when things got tight in games to maintain their poise, to keep playing their game, you know, to come up with the key stops from the goaltenders, all the things that go into being a good road team and winning. But it seemed in the playoffs against Boston, uh, they certainly got caught up in some histrionics on the ice and Brad Marchand and all these kind of things. Same thing with the Rangers. It seemed once they got in Madison Square Garden and that 
that was a very charged atmosphere, I thought, at the Garden this year. And uh, they, they seemed like they got caught up in that, too, and made uncharacteristic mistakes, both mental and physical, that cost them those games. And uh, I think that was uh, certainly a disappointment for Rod Brendamore that his team kind of – I wouldn't say they came unraveled, but they certainly lost their poise, you know, at key points of those road games. The Canes are looking at an offseason. Some uh, some notable names for sure are on the uh, on the UFA wire for them. Vincent Trocheck thought he was great great deal that brought him in a few years ago. Nino Niederreiter, of course, has been there for a while, mm-hmm. and there are others. Domi came in at the uh, at the deadline, but in terms of Trocheck, Niederreiter, maybe even Ian Cole on the back end, he was strong for them. Any of these guys return? What's the cap situation like for them? Well, I know that uh, in, in talking to Rod Brendamore after the season, I mean, he very much wants Vincent Trocheck back. The, the, the key is going to be, can they come to, like most free agents, uh, everything is said, we love you, I love you guys, I want to stay in Raleigh, we want you to stay. And then the agents take charge and the GMs and they start talking money and things change. Uh, it happened with Dougie Hamilton just, uh, you know, a year or so ago. So, um, I think Trocek will try to work it out, but I think he may get a bigger offer from another team that the, the Hurricanes may not want to uh, may not want to match. That's just my guess. Uh, with Nino Niederreiter, I think he, they're, they're going to try to work things out. Uh, I think he found a home here. I think he likes it here. I think he likes the line that he's playing on with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Foss. I think everything fell into place for him. Uh, with a Max Dummy, you know, you mentioned him. He was the late-season pickup. I'm not sure they'll re-sign him. Uh, with the UFAs they've got with an Ian Cole, a, a Brendan Smith, other decisions have to be made. And it may be made, you know, once uh, after the signing, um, after free agency begins, and in a couple of days after free agency, or maybe even closer to the season, depending on their availability. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of hats in the air. It's going to be interesting to see where uh, there have been some guys you know, there have been question marks about, like an Ethan Bear defenseman. Uh, he's been given permission to talk to other teams. He's a restricted free agent. So I think you'll see, obviously, you'll see some movement. There always is. Rod Brendamore would like to have the whole team back. He always says that every year. He'd like to make another run at it with the team he has, healthy. But uh, there's going to be some movement. going to be some changes. Tony D'Angelo, another one of those defensemen, another guy who's an RFA uh, this one's going to be interesting. It's a guy he's drafted by Tampa Bay, didn't work out there, went to Arizona, went to New York and played with the Rangers. There was controversy there. He had to kind of miss some time, came in this year and had a dynamite year, 51 points, 64 games. He's in line to get paid. Uh, we also know that Tom Dundon, the owner, he's not going to get pushed around. He's not going to fall prey to a, he probably doesn't like losing, losing a deal. He's a deal maker. He likes to get, get a deal done. How do you see this one playing out? Because if there's a guy that probably could realize he's in a good spot, but also is in a great spot to also get paid. You're right. And Tony, Tony D'Angelo said all along that he appreciates the fact that the Hurricanes gave him a chance to play this year when a lot of other teams were passing on him because of his past. Now, how, long, you know, how deep that loyalty will go when you start talking in terms of contract, we'll see. I think Tony does want to stay with the Hurricanes. I think they'll make every effort that they can to work out some kind of deal to keep him here. Uh, I think they need him, obviously, in that position, running the power play, all the things that he brought. You know, he had that uh, sandpaper-type play. Sometimes they got him in trouble, sometimes not. I think the Hurricanes appreciated that. They liked that. They like having an emotional guy who's very 
you know, popular with his teammates. He fit in well. There were questions about him in the past with the Rangers. That didn't seem to be a problem this year. But I think in the end, they're going to work out a deal with Tony D'Angelo to stay uh, with the Hurricanes. And, and now having said that here on this on this show this morning at uh, 10 o'clock in the East, it'll probably be different by 2 o'clock in the, uh, the way things are in the NHL. But it all comes down to business. And, and sometimes, you know, with uh, – with say looking back at Dougie Hamilton, I really thought they might be able to work something out with him, knowing that the bigger dollars would probably be elsewhere and lure him there. And that's what happened with the Devils. And you're right with Tom Dundon. One thing about him, he doesn't like losing a deal. But then again, when he sets price that he thinks is fair, and it gets turned down, he isn't uh, he isn't hesitant to tell Waddell to to go ahead and, and you know and flip the switch and, and make a change. So. A lot of uh, unpredictability there, as there is with a lot of teams, you know, in the offseason. Are they in need of a score? I don't know that I, I, I viewed them that way, but I saw that a bit. And and where are we at on, you know, the development of their great young sniper, Andrei Svechnikov? I sort of thought there was your in-house goal getter, but, um, you know, having great, good seasons, but not, uh, not you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to win a Maurice Richard yet. Like, where are they at on, on goal scoring? Well, I think he, like most teams, and it's always interesting is you hear a lot of teams say we'd like to go out and add a you know top six uh, goal scorer. But uh, then again, if you if you've got one on your team, you don't let them go too often either. So mm. uh, you know it's got to be a give and take there. But you're right with Svechnikov. I think uh, people were expecting more from Andre this year. Uh, I really expected he would uh, be the kind who you know might make a run at 40 goals, especially in Rod Brendamore's system, which is a very fast-paced, up-and-down-the-ice type system with a lot of offensive changes, a lot of shots, that that fit his style. And that uh, obviously he scored 30. A lot of people thought he'd be closer to 40. You know, Sebastian Ajo is a steady scorer. They've got other guys as steady scorer. But they could use – one thing the Hurricanes did not have, and I think it was brought up during the playoffs, and certainly we recognize it here, they don't have a real bona fide superstar on the team. They don't have a guy, obviously, not like an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid, but they don't have a guy who you know you can almost pencil into the lineup to score 30 to 40 goals a year. Uh, and, and not a lot of teams do, but at the same time, they're hoping that Andre Svetskov, I mean, he's still a young guy, a uh, very young guy, and, and they're, they're hoping that he can become that kind of score for them to, uh, uh, to give them that kind of production, which they need. You're right. I mean, um, I think the team is a pretty complete team. It's it's one of those teams that the strength of the team is in the sum of the parts, but they could certainly use, you know, that one big guy that they could count on game to game who's a scoring threat. I'm not saying a Chris Crowder who might all of a sudden pop up and score 50, but certainly, uh, you know, guys like that. Where are you at on Marty Natchez? I know it was a bit of a backward year yeah, for him. Year. Now his na- you're hearing his name because you need, if you're going to sign players, you need cap space. He's poised to... Uh, to get a new deal here shortly. 14 goals, 40 points in 78 games. Not a terrible season, but a, a backward step. And it looked like he was maybe a guy who was going to be maybe Sebastian Ajo, Martin Natchez, leading this team in scoring. Well, I think everyone, including Martin Natchez, said it was a disappointing season for him. And, and he even used the word taking the, you know, the backward step. Um, a lot of people expect a lot more from him, especially coming in you know, in his third year of his entry level contract he's playing for a new contract I think he felt the weight of that much like Svetsikov did the year before I think that's only natural 
I know the team looks at him. He has played the wing since he's been with the Hurricanes. They do look at him as a potential center. He was drafted as a center. He wants to play center uh, with, the, with the speed and the skill that he has. I don't believe that they're uh, at the point yet where they want to part with him. But then again, you know, if the right deal comes along, like, you know, everybody says, if the right deal comes along and the right pieces are there and, and you have to give up somebody, I mean, somebody like Marty Natchez would probably be in demand by another team. So um, my feeling is he'll be back with the team next year. I think uh, – I don't know if they'll give him a shot at center or not, but I think once he comes to terms with the team and has a new contract in place, whatever that might be, that he'll settle down and just you know worry more about his hockey than what's going on off the ice. As you look at the division, kind of last one for me, I expect Carolina to be at or near the top again. Looks like the Rangers have taken a step, but that can sometimes not always be the case. But where are you, Washington, Pittsburgh, the Islanders certainly had an off year. What do you see happening in the Metro? Well, I think they'll contend for the Metro again. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You're right. I mean, the Rangers have shown their team to be reckoned with, you know, starting a net with Shesterkin, who had a tremendous year, obviously winning the best. I mean, just a, it's a, uh, it, it's a, it's going to be another tough division, uh, top to bottom again. Uh, a lot of people thought it was the best in hockey last year. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I thought the Hurricanes had a heck of a year and held off the Rangers to win the Metro. Uh, so uh, look, looking at it for next year, uh, you know, some new coaches will be coming into play. I was surprised the Islanders uh, parted with Barry Trotz. Always had uh, a lot of respect for him. Thought he was one of the best coaches in the league. I thought he was a perfect fit for the Islanders system. So it's going to be interesting to see with new coaches in place, uh, new faces in place, new players, the player movement, all that, how it all shakes down. But I think when it all, you know, when all is said and done, and we're, and we're talking about a Frederick Anderson returning, you know, 100% fit, ready to go, uh, that the Hurricanes will be in position once again to uh, make another run at a Metro title. Chip, appreciate it. Uh, always good to talk to you. Uh, in, enjoy the. I'm guessing it's not raining there. Not raining and cold. We're Probably we're warm, we're, yeah. we're looking <laughs> at it here. Beautiful. We think we've had maybe one or two decent days throughout the month of uh, June. I'm guessing it's a little different story there. I, I think it's 75 degrees and sunny right now. Yeah, I'm gonna take that. Yeah. Tough to take. Hey, Chip. Thanks <laughs> a lot, man. Appreciate your time as always. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chip Alexander, beat writer for the Canes. You know, another guy. That might be hmm? when you think of Natchez, if he's available. Seth Jarvis had a hell of a year. Rookie comes in, 17 goals, 40 points, and was no. strong, got got better as the year went on. So, like you say, do we is it, can we count on this guy for goals? You feel like they're set on the back end to a certain degree. I, I what what's going to get them over the next to that next level. Well, the goal, having the, the number goal, one's going to help, yeah. The goaltender not being there is It's such a good year, and if it's another market, we'd hear way yeah. more about it. But, like, Woodley had him as one of his best three. That's crazy. Yeah. He's got one year left, four and a half million. Ditto for Ranta, I think at two-ish. So they've got, they come back with the same tandem. They're, there's always going to be injury concerns with Ranta, and the last few years there has been with Freddie Anderson. Awful timing this year, mid-April. Yeah. So if, if you can get the not down to your number three and win a road game, they might still be playing. Yeah. What is it Daryl was always saying? You got where you got to be in, in terms of your home and away kind of deal. Regular season, Carolina had the fifth best home record 
and the best road record. And how's their goals against? Because you know Daryl likes that. Yeah. Strong. Decent. Goals against Best in the game. National Hockey League. Yeah, they won the Jennings. Yes. Dace. I like that. And one of the best road records in the regular season. 25 wins. Went 0 for 6 on the road in the playoffs. Daryl wants it both ways, though. He wants to be good on the road, but he also says you can't make it easy playing at home. Yeah, that's right. You basically just have to win them all for Daryl. Really well, disappointed you're this year. Demanding coach. Text line is open 960-960. Hey, Boom, why didn't you ask Chip if he caught those pesky Duke boys? Come on. That's <laughs> where he's from. It's, I mean, come on. You didn't get to pick his name. Right? How would you feel if Chip came out and said, hey, uh, where'd you park your dog sled? You know, is, would, would that be fun? It would be he's playing stereotypes, hey? huh? Be better. Come on, Texter. Someone thought that interview was boring. I'm very, very sorry for them. I'm sorry, sir. Oh, was it? Yeah. You know what you can do? All the money you've spent on this program? Yeah. Just let us know. We'll leave it in an envelope on your phone. Yeah, that's right. We'll return it right to you. Uh, Mason Trafford. Al Classico. Huh. Edmonton, Calgary. Sunday, baby. Coming up. And he is uh, still the captain, hey? Well, I mean, Ledgerwood just moved to the coaching staff, yeah, so he, he gets the armband. Yeah, the armband. We'll talk to him in uh, in the next segment as well. Your texts, hopefully, more really good texts like the boring text. That would one word. Yeah, very helpful. Maybe we'll maybe we said, "Hey, how's your day going?" Yeah. And he's just like, "It's boring." Yeah, I'm just I, I really don't have a life. I'm just listening to two morons jabber on on yeah, AM radio. Yeah, I'm be. driving to a job I hate. Yeah. I'm just my life's boring. Maybe that's what he was trying to say. Probably, yeah, probably what it is. But we'll come back with uh, more of that. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour three. What an hour. (laughs) Boring. (laughs) It's it's good. (laughs) Coming up, Sportsnet today, we're going to talk to Ryan Pike. Ooh, Ottawa just had arena news. Pike's yep. the best guy to have on the Flames arena file, on the City of Calgary yeah. arena file. And prior to that, Ian Mendez from Ottawa is going to join us. Rink, rink, rink. Yeah, they're excited in Ottawa. and it should we're... be. Get out of that hmm. dump in Canada, get downtown. Well, it's not a dump, it's just in a... Well, it's a dump and it's in a horrible place. It's not terrible, it's, a, it's, it's big. It's falling apart and it's way too big and it's one yeah. bleeping exit to get off the highway. Less than ideal. Yeah. And the Speargrass Golf Show coming up. But uh, this weekend, looky here, uh, looky here, on Sunday, it's a little Sunday afternoon, you got no, got no plans, need looking for something to do? Apparently. Apparently. We've moved, uh, we've moved a start time to uh, compensate for more fun, right? Because we all need more fun. to maximize fun. Very nice. It is uh, Mason Trafford joining us on the, uh, on the phone lines, the captain, defender, the face of the franchise for Cavalry FC, Mason. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I like that intro. Thank you. Like that? that. Yeah. Well, we probably you say the next mayor of Calgary. Yeah. Canada's greatest <laughs> yeah. footy import slash export. Yeah. Whatever you like. We'll, we'll we're all happy to say anything if you pay us enough. Yeah, we'll do. It. Oh, well, that's exactly. I liked it. I'm not sure it's true, but I liked it. It's so, all that matters. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're just trying to, <laughs> trying to butter you up. So tell me about. Ryan was saying the because uh, I know or usually we're one o'clock three o'clock on a, on a weekend afternoon five o'clock Sunday 
That just allows for a little bit more pregame time. Actually, the response to the, to the time change has actually been really good from the fans. I think it's uh, going to be a good one. Again, we've got, we've got a lot of tickets sold for this match, and we had a lot, a lot of activations happening. So most definitely gives you a nice little Sunday fun day there in the early afternoon and then uh, culminates with a 5, 5 p.m. kickoff there at Atco Field. Hopefully the weather will be good to, on Sunday. And um, we're playing FC Edmonton, and historically speaking, that, always, that usually goes well for us too. So should be uh, all fun to be had by everybody on Sunday. Well, and the thing is, is I don't know that, like, it's, it's one of those things you have to learn, but there isn't a large halftime. There's not, like, post-game everything's closing. If you want to have a few beers and socialize and wander around, you guys got all kinds of games for the kids, bands playing, the merch places open, good food. Like, definitely come early. It might not be the rhythm for other sports, but I, I think that's what you guys are trying to build at Spruce Meadows. Yeah, actually, 100%. I don't know if anybody was at the National uh, this past weekend, which is uh, a horse show that they, they host there, and it was the same same vibe. You you just go for the experience, not even the soccer. I, it sounds ridiculous for me to say, but it's true. There's so much fun to be had. The plaza's rocking. There's great food, and, and especially this game, because this game's uh, in celebration of Pride Month, and uh, we also have some stuff going on with CMSA, which is Calgary Minor Soccer Associ- Association. So, this is going to be like a supercharged game with tons of activations, tons of giveaways, tons of free stuff. Um, and yeah, like if it's a nice day at Spruce Meadows, the flowers are in full, full bloom this time of year. It's just a beautiful place to be and kind of mill around and, and kind of soak it all in. Yeah, we kind of tell, because there will be plenty of people who have not been yet, and I know if Ryan gets the questions, I get asked a lot, so so what is it like? What is it? At, at, you, you just need to go, and this would make a an awesome time for it, as you said. Pride game, a lot of uh, extracurriculars involved with that. Now, the team, not, probably also uh, worth mentioning, you guys are on a nice little roll. What, 5-0-1 here in your last six? Yeah, and that's in the league, right? That's not even including the games, which... I mean, we actually tied the Whitecaps, right, but then lost in a shootout, which normally wouldn't happen. So we're on a pretty good little run here since the opening three games of the season. And, um, yeah, I, have top, I believe we're still top of the table unless somebody played last night. I should probably have checked that. But Just worry about uh, your business. Don't, worry, yeah, don't, don't be worry looking at any things. You guys do you. You've been great. Prize. Right? Yeah, we're, stay focused. Yeah, we're trying to just stay focused on ourselves, right? Every year we seem to be at the top of the table and we don't get much to show for it. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's another story. We're... we're yeah, we're in a really good run of form. We've got uh, guys coming back from injury. I, I believe you, you probably have already heard we have lost a big piece in Victor Latour. We sold him to the Premier League. Uh, it's uh, it's all it's all feeling really good right now down at Spruce Meadows and that Atco Field for the Cavalry. We're we're kind of loving life right now, and uh, Sunday is going to be a a great game on the field, and I. I know personally I've been looking forward to for a long time now. What does the Latoury signing signal to you? There's also uh, a player from another team in the league that just went to France. Um, we're, we're seeing some guys in MLS that have been in uh, CPL squads very recently. What does that signal to you about the league, and, and how could that have maybe changed your early career if the CPL had been around? Yeah, it's, it's so cool. You're talking about Abzi from York has been sold to the French League, and then shortly after, Victor Latoury has gone to the Scottish Premier League, and you know, our team's already sold Joel Waterman to the MLS, who's now crushing it for Montreal Impact. It's, uh, I mean, what is there to say, right? Like, people don't, I think people are starting to, to realize now that this is like, 
really, really good soccer, a huge platform for Canadians, um, especially young Canadians, to start to ply their trade, especially here at home, while putting on a good show for, for our own uh, our own Canadian fans. And the league's trending in the right direction, right? It's uh, I think more and more of this, uh, these types of sales and acquisitions are going to start happening. And, um, you know, we all know about the World Cup coming up in November. We know about the World Cup in 2026. As all of that energy continues to build our franchise, the league in general, players within that league, going to be very much in the shop window as Canada comes to the forefront of, of soccer and not only, uh, you know, in our own country, but in the world as well. Mason Trafford is our guest. We talk a lot with Tommy, and of course, Tommy, in many ways, is kind of the face of the team. He does a lot of the media. He's very—you uh, notice Tommy, right? He uh, there's a presence that Tommy brings. But, but for you, this is very much—it's it, a family affair. You've been—I mean, the game has meant so much to you for your life. For for Cavalry now to be perennially a, a powerhouse in this league, the the fan base is growing. It's become a thing in the city. It's been everything that you could have ever hoped for. What's it like for you? Because you think about here comes Edmonton. It's the Wild Rose Cup. It's got kind of like you say a history of its own, which we'll talk about. There will be a big crowd coming on the weekend. It must feel extra special for you just because you have so much invested in this team and in the game. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's um, it's my passion, right? Like you said, this soccer is the first love of my life. I, I joke with my wife about it all the time. It's like ever since I was a little kid, I love this game. And now to be building and or helping build, you know, I think one of the top franchises in Canada at any level of the game at, with the Cavalry. And uh, obviously Spruce Meadows plays a huge part in that as well with the history of excellence that they have uh, within that organization. I feel extremely privileged and passionate about what we do here at Cavalry and what we're bringing to the city. And, you know, we're not there yet. We, we have a ways to go. We want to keep sharing it with new fans and keep it, uh, you know, dialing up our experience for our existing fans. But like we said, like, I think there's only positives that come from this. It's great for the city, but it's also great for the, the people that love sport, the people that love soccer in this city and in this country, because I didn't have this when I was growing up and uh, we're seeing it already with, with, like I said, the sales and acquisitions that have been made from our team, from the league, like how cool would it be to be uh, a, a young soccer player at one of the big clubs around town or one of the small clubs around town, knowing that, hey, like when I'm 16, 17, 18, I could play for Calvary, I could go to Europe, my dream could legitimately right at the end of my fingertips. Um, so to have a part in that for the next generation, you know, for me is, is literally a dream come true. And what's neat for me, I like taking my kids because, because it's a global sport. And we have so many different nationalities and that, that live in the city. And it brings them out. You'll see people at a Cavalry game that you won't maybe see at a Stampeder game or a Flames game or a Hitman game. It's a, it's a unique crowd all of its own. And it's neat to, it's a very, um, yeah, it's a unique cross-section of the city. It's, it's, an, it's a different crowd that you sit with and everybody's having fun cheering for the same thing. I, I love it taking my kids there to experience just the, uh, the atmosphere. Oh, I appreciate hearing that. I mean, honestly, that's that's uh, what we're all about, really. And, and, and this game in particular, you know, we're celebrating inclusivity as, as one of the colors that this game will be will be built on. And, um, you know, it's that's what soccer is. It's a people's game, right? It's known around the world like that. And we, um, 
we pride ourselves on that. Like everybody is genuinely welcome to come to the game. Like whoever you are, come as your true authentic self and uh, enjoy the match and enjoy the outdoors. Enjoy, enjoy. And what is also cool, right. Is enjoy being kind of the original fans in a sense of building this sport up in this city and in this province. And uh, I think, we continue trending the right way and, and the national teams, men's and women's are, 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 you know, kind of the cornerstones of that. But in, in many years down the road, people will look back and go like, Hey, I was, I was one of the first people that supported this club that is now doing hopefully big, big, great things. And the country is doing great things on the, on the, on the international stage. And we'll all be able to sort of say we played a part in that success. And I think that's quite cool from a fan perspective. It's definitely cool from a player perspective. And I know Tommy's big on that kind of building legacy. And um, that's, uh, it's really cool to hear that, yeah. that you feel the same way with your children. Yeah. So this weekend it is Edmonton. You, we kind of danced around a little bit. The, the history is in your favor as far as this rivalry is concerned. It's another chapter, the Al Classico, as it's been labeled. Can you run us down the, uh, the timeline here? FC Edmonton versus Cavalry FC. Yeah, I mean, again, it's always that's always a tough one, right? Because really, only good as, as good as your last game, and we have we have big respect for Edmonton. Honestly, that's kind of how we're built as a team. We don't want, we don't we never go into any games going, oh, we beat this team before. Oh, it should be easy, right? We train as hard for as if we were playing, you know, the Whitecaps or that Edmonton. It doesn't really matter. It's about us. Um, history is in our favor for this match, but again, that doesn't really mean a lot if they come here on Sunday and uh, you know change the script around. That's no no one's going to be happy about that. So we uh, we know what they're all about. We've obviously played them a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the Wild Rose Cup. It's important for our fans. We want to be Kings of Alberta, um, and this game is important for that. And it's important for the league table. And it's just another step on the journey of all, hopefully what will be a championship season. So. We don't take anything for granted. We, uh, we'll train here. We'll train here shortly and uh, start to work on the game plan about how to break them down, how to protect against their threats. They won the last game too, so they they might come here with some confidence, and uh, that's always a dangerous thing in sport, as we know. So we'll be ready, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Tough spot to put you in. I mean, I'll do it for you. You guys have never lost to Edmonton in <laughs> in league play, so uh, so there you go. Just so it's out, so it's out there, and we're all clear. Good. You know what? Looking Thank forward. You. Have a good one on on the weekend. I think it's cool you move that. Uh, ordinarily, for an old fart like me, I want to get things done. But that's you do need to get there early and enjoy it because it does wrap up quickly and you get out of there and you move on. So lots of time to get down to uh, to Atco Field and enjoy this game coming up happy on hour. Sunday. Don't yeah, happy man. Hour. There you go. When's <laughs> ha- how how many hours is happy hour? Three hours? How long are we doing that? No, the gate the the door is open ninety minutes before kickoff. There you go. And, and it will start. It will start soon after that. So you'll, if you're there early, you'll get to enjoy some of that at least. So yeah. Good luck, man. Good to talk to you as always. Cheers, guys. See ya. Appreciate it. There you yep. go. Cheers, mate. Mason Trafford, Cavalry FC, Edmonton, the Wild Rose Cup. They their fans travel, not as good as the Foot Soldiers when they go up to Edmonton. They take over up there. That is also part of the entertainment is watching the foot soldiers in the southeast corner of the stadium. But it's a great spot to watch. And and look, look, am I I am not a huge soccer fan. It's it's fringe for me, but it's the atmosphere. It's the, the team is competitive. They win more than they lose and what's not to love. Get out there. If you haven't done it, Sunday be a great time to do it because little Edmonton that little rivalry is going to going to juice things up a little bit. Uh 
we're on our way towards the top of the hour. Ryan had to, uh, well, you know what it was? I, I, three hours wasn't enough for me today. I want to do, I want to do a little bit more. So I'm, I told him just to get an early start because he's away next week. Get out of here. Your, your money's no good here. So I'm going to do Sportsnet today up until 10 o'clock. Because I just can't get enough, uh, I can't get enough Vanderplug. I need it. It's in my, I, I crave it. Yeah, it's in your blood. I crave being on the air and talking for hours and hours. And we love listening to you. Um, but that's, you know, that said, a jam-packed hour of Sportsnet today coming up. Speargrass Golf Show. We're going to talk to Mitch Fox, assistant pro out at Speargrass, see what's going on with the course and with him. Ian Mendez, as I mentioned, is going to come in as well in the first half hour. Because the Ottawa Senators got some great news yesterday. Seemingly... Maybe how long could this deal have been done? Eugene Melnick, of course, passing away earlier this year, three months ago, and very quickly they have a new new agreement that's going to see them build a brand new rink downtown, which is what every city and sport, isn't that what you want? You want a great building in a great location, and this seems to check all the boxes, but it was, that was not Eugene's, not his mission. It was not his vision for the team, but that is what's going to happen. So we'll talk to Ian Mendez, longtime, uh, of course, uh, Sportsnet, TSN, now with The Athletic. We'll talk to Ian. And then Ryan Pike will join us coming up in the uh, near the bottom of the hour. Flames heading towards the draft. They do not have a first-round pick. The unrestricted free agency period, they have the most sought-after unrestricted free agent. When does the puckering begin? Has it already begun? How do you feel about it? So we'll talk to Pike about that coming up. As well in uh, in Sportsnet today, the cup final, the, the big mug could be handed out tonight. Colorado leading three games to one. And I think it was Pat Maroon who kind of, so what do the, what do the Lightning have to do? What are you facing at the ball arena? I think just focus on a game. We have to go in a f- game right now. Sorry for my f- language. But yeah, we just have, we have to go win a game. Right now, our focus is game five, and we have to go win. All right, you just got to go a win. Game. We have to go win a f- game right now. Just go win a f- game right now. It's easy when you think of it that way. Don't get caught up in all you know. Don't get lost in the sauce. You know, just go win a f- game. Fair enough. Let's do the uh, what you want to talk about. It's brought to you by. Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service, repairs, and replacements. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Yeah, all right, 960-960, you can text in. Uh, hey, boom. I feel a lot better about the Flames after listening to Chip. Flames are a comparable team in many ways, with the exception, exception of legit offense. Uh, are you saying that the Flames have the legit offense and the Canes don't, or, or vice versa? Yeah, Chip Alexander was on. We were talking about the Hurricanes. And the Colorado Avalanche were dogged by the inability to get through the second round. A dark cloud hanging over them every year. Nathan McKinnon trotted out in front of the media. Says this sucks. I'm tired of this. Well, he's one game away from getting it done, and it's it's the tough thing about sports when you're in your little window to win. When you don't do it, 
It's uh, it's because you can't do it. Until you prove you can, people will knock you that say you can't. And I think that's probably, I mean, it's where the Canes are, and I wonder for the Flames. We get it all the time. Well, these guys, this core, this guy can't do it. Well, it's a, it's, it's a tough one to defend, but until you do it, you can't do it in the eyes of many. Uh, boom, how would you grade the Raptors draft? They took the big center from Moose Jaw, the solid D-man kid from Saginaw. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, a lot of size. I thought the Raptors really went with size. And then that's the way the game's going. I think if you look around the NBA, it's a lot of big guys. And I don't see that changing. Intimidation and size, it's a big part of what the NBA is all about right now. So I like what they did. Time will tell, but certainly early indications are they came out uh, smelling like a rose. Uh, hey, fellas, if you're giving re- refunds for today's show, can you just fax mine over? That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll send you the fax. We'll do that for you. Uh, who gets a rink first, Calgary or Ottawa? Well, it's, it's looking like Calgary. Or I uh, saw Ottawa. They, they're kissing hands and shaking babies. They got the renderings in the paper and online. They're doing all this. Well, we can talk to Pike about it. I think with how much drama there's been here in the city between you know, the Flames and the city and mayors and all of this, you may be having some progress, but they will be very leery, I would guess, to make it public for fear of it being another one of those boy who cried wolf situations. Hey, look, it's coming. It's, we're, we're making progress. So it looks good. Sounds good. Everything's good. And then you hit a banana peel and then you got to come out and say, oh, yeah, we've hit a snag. Oh, well, what, the, what are we doing here? I can't get it. Uh. I think they're going to do their very best to keep things out of the media, to keep things quiet. And get this done. But if I had to guess, kind of feels like Ottawa now, right? And they're, the rink they're in now that they're leaving, it's been built since the dome. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. How many trays do you see the Raptors getting from their draft pick this year? Oh, I don't know about the draft pick, but um, that's also the way the game's going, right? A three-pointer is worth more than a two-pointer. Did you realize... Gary, did you, did you, you knew that, right? Oh, yeah. The three-pointer in the NBA worth more than a regular two-point bucket. So I would say if I were, if I were the coach, if I was Nick Nurse, I'd be, I'd be really saying let's, let's get threes instead of twos, eh? Oh, yeah. Let's rain some threes. Yeah, drop some trays. We don't, we don't want to be drizzling twos. We want to be raining threes. I don't need, yeah, I don't need you to... Go to the rack when you can drop some trays. All right? Oh, yeah. Uh, did I say shake babies? Shake babies, kiss hands? Well, don't shake babies. If that's what I said, and it's very because I'm out of my head, tired, and foggy this morning. Uh, don't, don't shake babies. Shake hands, and you kiss them babies. Speaking of babies, our buddy up at Bonton meets Greg Keller. First time grandpa sent the photos. What a cute baby. Oh, Greg Keller. Congratulations. He's going to be a great granddad. Just spoiling that kid. Boomer, I can never tell if you're being serious or sarcastic when talking about the NBA. I love it. Well, come on now. I Sarcastic. 
When have I ever been sarcastic? I love the NBA. I did. Did I say shake baby? <laughs> well, of course you don't shake babies. Don't do it. GVP, you got to help me out here. Pinder's, I mean, Pinder's gone. I can't be the one saying stupid stuff now. That's his job. Yeah, that's on me, I guess. Did I say shake babies? I, I didn't hear you say that. Well, but... but... Fellas! Uh, you think Chip could hire someone better than Roscoe to uh, handle them pesky Duke boy? Got it. The Duke Dukes have had... Yeah, got it. Come on now. I uh, did some quick math. 52s is only 100 points. 53s is like 150. So there you go. Let's, let's say you're going to make 50 buckets. You're going to drop 50 balls through the, the rim thing. The twos, you're going to get 100 points. You do threes. Be 150. Oh, dear. Time to go to cha- uh, Traffic Chopper. Sure. I'm, hey, I'm happy to get out of here. You want to listen to uh, commercials and, uh, and, the, and the traffic, we'll do that. Uh, we're right in front of the top of the hour. That's uh, what you want to talk about. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Busy hour coming up. The Speargrass Golf Show. Ian Mendez from Ottawa. Ryan Pike with Flames Nation. All coming up. Stay there. Sportsnet 960, the fan.